Hello and welcome to Stay Paid, the sales and marketing podcast from Reminder Media, where we talk about the strategies and tactics to help you grow your business so you can live a life of freedom. But you must take action today. Previously, we brought back four of our best interviews from 2018, and now we're bringing back four more. If you haven't had the chance yet, be sure to go back and listen to part one. This first clip is from our interview with Andy Dane Carter, who shared with us the importance of being honest and authentic with your online presence. And I was talking to you before the podcast because I've been so impressed watching your Instagram, right, and how you've grown your Instagram. Can you talk to us? You know, you, you laughed and joked and said the blue check mark, right? So I'm really curious to hear because you've gone from the time I've known you from like 70,000 followers to 162,000 followers. And I mean, that's in a matter of a couple months here. But and now you've gotten the blue check mark by your name. What did that process look like of growing your Instagram following? Like, how did you go about that? I'm seeing the content you're posting. You're posting, obviously, these motivational quotes, but also videos. You're going live. But talk to me a little bit about that. Sure. So on um, that particular platform, probably about like a year and a half ago, I was having a meeting once again with um, Gary V. And I'm like, this is going to be a very Can I, can I ask you how platform. you got that connection with Gary V? Because that's mm-hmm. that, I think that would be interesting to hear. <laughs> sure. It was and it was super random. So probably two and a half years ago, um, I found his content and it was like in the middle of the night. And I was like, who's this clown? And then um, <laughs> I was like, he sounds a lot like me. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, this guy. Yeah, he lines up with me for sure. And he was doing uh, he was doing a show with um, Tony Robbins. It was like a huge show. And I just happened to be listening to it in my car. And, and he said that he's going to be launching this thing where you fly to New York, you're going to pay him like 10 grand, and you're going to spend the entire day with um, like him and his team. If you're interested, shoot me an email. I literally emailed him right then and there. And then probably about a month later, somebody from his team shot me an email. And I responded. I'm like, I'm all in. I would love to do the first one. Wow. And um, that was it. And we hit it off. And I hit it off with his whole team. And, like, he – like, it's so funny how I work. I was like, all right, everybody in that whole building is going to know who I am when I leave. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do it yet, but this is what I'm going to do. So I literally went and found Gary a signed helmet from the Super Bowl that the Jets won in um, 1967. Oh, that's brilliant, man. That's brilliant. And so I bought it. It was a small fortune. And I brought it in this big old box, and we videoed the whole thing of him and I, you know, together, like, like, like opening it up. But he was just like, dude, that was so nice. He's He's a good dude. He's a, he's a really good dude. He's just like, yeah. dude, that was so nice. It was so awesome. And then we hit it up. And then I sent every person on the whole floor a present. So this huge box, like, you know, shows up one day to the office, and everyone was like, it was small and it was wrapped, and it had my business card on it. Dang. And then now I could e- just email all those people. I can call them when it's like, and now, like, I've got these great relationships with these people that I can call and I'm like, Hey, what would you do? (laughs) That is so good. That is so good. You're just making an impact. It's, it's opportunity. I learned because I was poor at a very, like you, you cannot pass up certain opportunities and you might not get them again. Mm. So for me, it was like, I'm going to make a huge impact. 
And we started talking about Instagram, and I was like, this is going to be a very important platform. He's like, it's going to be the biggest. So I tripled down on everything on Instagram. My Instagram page was this perfect page in the beginning. Everything was a perfect shot. It was a perfect <laughs> quote. Everything was curated. And it was okay, but, like, it just wasn't getting, like, any traction because you couldn't see, like, to me. And you couldn't get, you know, like, into my life at all. You just saw this, like, facade that I was kind of putting out. So what I did is I changed the whole thing up. So what did that look like? So when you ch changed it up, so your whole Instagram, because, you know, in our own business, we've struggled with this. I know the hardest part for our audience when it comes to social media is you don't know what to post. And the things you do post, you're trying to get that perfect shot. And so how did you change it up? Did you just become more authentic? What, what happened there? It was becoming vulnerable. And it was exactly what, again, hate, like just keep saying his name, but it's my man, Gary Vee is like, dude, document versus create. No one gives a shit about lighting. Just like put it out there. So I got really vulnerable and just really honest. And what what like completely catapulted everything was my Instagram stories. So I still left everything that was nice and I mean, but there was just it was way more of me. Way more of me personally. But in my stories, it was like a vlog. So I use my Instagram stories as a daily vlog. It's got me, my kids, the, like the wife and meetings and all the stuff I'm doing. There's 15 to 20,000 people that view my stories, each one, every single day. Wow, man. And what happens is they, they, as in all of Instagram, love it when you post between 10 and 20 stories a day. It drives you to the top of the algorithm. So, so by doing stories, it gives more pull to your entire feed. So once I found that out, it was like, it's game on. So the stories are my vlog and the content within it is way more just real now. And it's not so like completely curated, which is literally tripled my followers by just doing that. Are you hearing this, guys? I mean, if you're listening to this, well, all, yeah, what I'm hearing is just it's massive action, the 10 to 20 stories a day. I constantly, I even said this to you literally, what, yesterday, Josh? I literally I told know. Josh when we were talking about uh, social media, I just said, man, my life is too boring. Like, I don't know what I would <laughs> yeah. vlog about. Like, my life is too boring. This is the struggle that we all face. I mean, I'm running a multi-million dollar business and still face this struggle that in my own mind. But that's not boring. You think it's boring because you're living it. Correct. I have the same struggles. But there are people that literally shoot me emails and DMs that say, where are the secret meetings today? Because I do secret meetings in my stories. <laughs> that's like, awesome. It's, it's like started this whole thing. Like I think it's boring, but a lot of people don't. There are people that really want to know your journey. Yeah. Your journey is very specific to you. You've built this incredible business. So true. You guys have an amazing product. If you're 21 years old, like, that's what they want to know. They don't want to see you at the very top of Everest. I'm a billionaire. I did it. Nobody gives a <laughs> about that. Company. Amen. They want to see every step and every punch in the face you take. Our second clip comes from our interview with Jillian McGowan, a new entrepreneur who has set out to become the master of her niche. So... You obviously have been practicing insurance for a while. So what was it that made you want to start your own business? How long have you had a business now? I 
just hit my year mark. Okay, Woo. just hit your year. So congratulations. congratulations. Awesome. Thank so you're you. in the thick of it right now, just branching out on your yeah. own. So that's really great. This is going to be really tangible then for our audience. Yes. So what made yes. you want to start a business on your own? Because we probably have a ton of people listening to this who are working for someone else. And they might be thinking to themselves, hey, I, I want to start my own business. So what made you want to do it? And then what were the practical steps you took to get there? Okay. Are you ready for this story? Because hold on to your seat, any, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> make any sales loving individual a little frustrated, but pain has purpose. So when I moved down here, I had four different jobs. I had the bachelor's degree and was like, man, when I moved to Georgia, mm, just wait, I'm going to get this, this killer job that's going to change my life because I have a degree and I have 10 years of experience. No, that is actually not what happened. <laughs> I came down here and could not get a job in my degree field. And there is a humongous Aflac like corporate down here. And mm. I had 10 years of insurance experience and a bachelor's degree in finance. <laughs> so I thought I would be able to get a job. It didn't happen. I had four different jobs and I, I got to the whole the six figure mark was like my goal financially, like when I hit six figures, I've made it as a human in America, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then I got there and, uh, it sucked still a lot. <laughs> and so the last job I had, I told the owner, it was, a, a smaller motorcycle dealership. I was like, look, I'm going to help you guys grow. Cause I'm awesome. We're going to do this many bikes a month. You pay me like this. I'm gonna, I was a sales manager and finance. So I worked the front of the deal as well as the back of the deal. And the back of the deal is where the insurance stuff is, you know, like warranties and things like that. I'm gonna do this much on the front, this much on the back. I'm gonna sell this many bikes and that's, that's what's gonna happen. Well, I did that and I even actually took a salesperson from somewhere that I already had worked <laughs> and I had them change the pay plan for that person too. <laughs> and, I, we hit those goals, like we crushed those goals three months in a row, back to back to back, and they cut my pay over twenty five percent. Oh, oh, that's a common <laughs> that's a common story for salespeople. Common, yeah. common pain point. Yep. Yeah. So I got really super angry, um, and I was, you know, I went home, and my husband was excited, you know, because he's. Ever since he met me, he's like, come on, little, just go, go do your own business. You know, like he's been telling me, like, do it, Good you know, for him. just do it. <laughs> so I finally came home one day and I was so mad and he was frustrated about it too. But honestly, you know, now that's one of the best thing that's ever happened to me because it made me so upset to a point where I took the leap of faith to open up my agency. Mm. You know, it might sound corny and cliche that, you know, a lot of times the best things come from the things that you didn't get. So the like, I think the the country song is thank God for unanswered prayers. Right. But I the point know. being, yeah, you don't, don't know the know country song. Josh is not a country <laughs> music fan. But <laughs> the point either. is, it's a good reminder. This might not be hitting you exactly at this point in time, but I hope it's hitting somebody that's listening to this. That so yeah. often, you know, all the interviews we've done so far, my friends that own businesses, everybody has that story that it's literally from the suffering that gave them the inspiration in the path that led them to be where they're at today. So you're a year into the business. So we talked before we came on the podcast. The number one question we get from our clients, from our audience is, 
you know, how do I generate leads for my business, right? So could you just give us a little bit of the detail of, you're obviously, you've started this insurance firm, right? And you're, you're doing the motorcycle side of it or, you know, the vehicle side of it. How do you go about generating new business for your, you know, insurance company? What are some of the tactics that you're using to give to our audience something maybe tangible that they could try to implement in their business? It's going to sound cliche, but niche is the number one thing that I am going to say. But I am the best example of a niche. If you don't believe it, come watch me. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's uh, Sorry, interruption. That's somebody trying to get insurance from me that I told I was not going to be available at 5 o'clock. <laughs> I love it, guys. That's real business right there. What you just experienced is what you all go- deal with. That is with. real life right That's there. That's real life. <laughs> I And here's the other thing. That is a customer that is calling me from a dealership. I have relationships with salespeople inside of dealerships. I work past 5 o'clock. I'll call that customer when I get done with you guys, and I'll write his insurance policy. It's on a Grom. He's a great guy. You know, it's just... It's after five. Every other insurance person went home. I'm going to write that insurance policy. Oh, that's awesome. That's that is awesome. a huge takeaway. The, the relationships, did you notice right there, is that what she's done when she talks about the dealerships, she's building relationships that can source her the leads. So a practical application for everybody listening to this is who are the vendors that we all think about vendors, right? We all think about, you know, if you're a real estate agent, it's your mortgage professional that's servicing the mortgage, right? But don't think about them as vendors. Connect at a relationship level. You're literally connecting with the salesperson in the dealership is what you're doing. Our third clip is from our interview with Leonard Schiffman, the CEO and owner of Remax Direct Realty. One of the ideas that I came up with was this concierge concept and how how as a new agent do you grow your advocacy sphere when you're starting from ground zero? Um, and, and there's a good question. I mean, I'll ask you guys that question. What would your answer be to that question? Mm, mm, I love it, man. Hey, here's what I always tell people right away, right? There's three categories I think you need to look at right away when you're building your sphere that people ignore is I think they ignore their friends and family. Because the last per- mm-hmm. last thing someone wants to be to their friends and family is a salesperson, so they ignore them, yeah, or, or yeah, they yeah. think they think their uncle's going to use them. And I always harp all the time with people is that look, your uncle John knows you because I have an uncle John. He knows you <laughs> as Luke the nephew. He doesn't know you as Luke the real estate agent. Yeah. You've got to let him That's know right. because you got to ask yourself this question right now: Do you know what your uncle needs in his job to be successful? Chances are you might know what his job is. Maybe you don't even know what he does, but you might know what his job is, but you don't know what he needs to be successful. And so first you want to start with your friends and family. Second that I tell people all the time is look at your social Look at your social life, your social activities that you do every day. I always give the analogy of the gym because I've been going to the gym since uh, the beginning of the year consistently. The beautiful thing about your, your, uh, your social routine, your social routine, what's beautiful about your social routine is it's consistent usually. 
You go to the same church mm-hmm. usually. You go to the same gym usually. So it gives you the opportunity mm-hmm. to very slowly but surely build relationships with those people in your sphere and non-awkwardly, mm-hmm. for most of us, non-awkwardly introduce yourself and what you do to the people at the gym and the people at your yeah. church. So that's just a couple of just areas I would give you. Yeah, there's more, but um, that's how I would go about it. But tell us, you know, well, kind of – That's really good. Your thought process yeah, yeah. on this conscious years, you know, you're, you're thinking how, how do new agents generate leads? How do they actually build their sphere? What are your, right. what's your thoughts? Well, and, and I agree with you 100%, and I did not do that in 2008. Uh, however, I signed up for your magazine. It's a 50 magazine minimum. Yeah. Now, I was an appraiser, and I'm an introvert. So I had about six people on my list, which means – I had to figure out how to send the magazine out to 44 other people. <laughs> I, I literally, uh, I, I literally went to my mother and said, "Mom, can I send this magazine to your friends?" And uh, you know, over the a course of a year or two, it went from you know 40 of my mother's friends, six of mine, four people that I started to interact with at work. And slowly it, it converted into clients through relationships. That's awesome. Uh, the transactions closing. So uh, one of the things that uh, an agent today can do is exactly what you said. And be prepared. Have your business cards with you all the time. In the grocery store, you could overhear somebody talking about real estate. I was at a sports bar two weeks ago, and these two guys were selling their homes by owner. And I just couldn't help myself. I had to, <laughs> you I had to stand up and, yeah, I just said, well, here, guys, here's, here's what I do. Here's my card. And let me tell you, ask you a question, you know, are you, uh, how, how much of the buyer pool are you losing by selling, trying to sell your home by owner? And what does it mean to you? And they just looked at me with these blank stares. And uh, within a week, Within a week, both of them listed their properties uh, with a discount broker, and you know I'm just waiting for the call when they want to hire me. However, <laughs> uh, um, dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So you know, like you say, you must be aware, and 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 you hit on something that's really interesting because I do a lot of coaching, and Remax has a program called Momentum. Mm-hmm. Momentum training for agents and for owners. And the first tier agent is typically the agent that is two years or under an experience. And we call it the three C's. If you were to make a, a pyramid, the first C is commitment. And mm-hmm. the second C is consistency. And through commitment and consistency, you gain confidence. Mm-hmm. And when you gain that confidence, you're more compelled to show up again the next day and be committed and be more consistent and build more confidence. And it goes around and around yeah. and around until you get to the point where you step up to a tier two broker, which are the three E's, E as in energy. So then you, you develop the endurance to take what you've learned and create effective, that's another E, and efficient systems, systemization that you can now use to leverage away. So without getting into the entire business model of a realtor, let me just say there are four models. There's the economic model, the operational model, the organizational model, and the career development model. Hmm. And I just want to give you guys a plug because (laughs) here's what I found out in doing a little bit of research 
I don't know if you guys just rolled it out this, this year or not. However, if you're looking for an item of value to send to your clients other than this, which is the best in the industry in the entire <laughs> I love this country. Guy. For those listening and now watching, he's holding up American Lifestyle magazine. <laughs> yes. Yes, I, I am. And in addition to that, you have 48 uh, print media items of value for agents and clients alike that you can download at print quality, print it out, and send it to your sphere. And then I'm not done. It keeps going. You've got 11... <laughs> 11 ebook downloads. All right, Leonard, you're hired. Yes. We did not I'm pay not, him, guys. Not, we did not, not pay him to say this. I'm retiring. I'm trying to retire, <laughs> yeah. guys. Sorry. And then you have eight success guides. Now, how much is that worth? I mean, right. what would somebody pay for that? Our last clip comes from our interview with Sina Azari, who is an expert on marketing to millennials. So you talk about wishing that someone would have helped you uh, because yeah. of all the mistakes you made as an entrepreneur. So let's talk about that because a lot of our people listening to this, they're entrepreneurs. They're real estate agents, insurance agents, financial advisors trying to grow their business. You know, looking at Present Financial. So how long has Present Financial been around? Present Financial, I don't know if, you, if we can still call it a startup, but yeah. we just hit our two-year anniversary. Congrats, we just hit our two-year anniversary last month. Two years. So how long is a startup? How I don't know. We've, we've been, been around for 15. Yeah, we still, still call like ourselves a startup. A startup. Yeah, startup. It's, <laughs> we, we say it's more of an attitude. Yes, yeah, yeah, attitude it's, mentality. We're on the same page, guys. <laughs> it's kind of like you still think you're a millennial, you know? <laughs> hey, come on, man. Come on, man. I'm just messing with you. But let's talk about you know Present Financial. So you start this company. What was your motivation to start your own company? And then you what? Know, uh, I, 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 actually, I, I have to give credit to the, the founders. The founders okay. are Sarah Adelzadeh. Yep. Uh, Sarah Adelzadeh really headweighted this deal. Um, she is the founder. Love She's it. 17 years in financial services. She is a millennial, 35 year old female leader in financial services. She had this vision behind present and really led this direction. And I was the third or fourth uh, of the leadership team to join and say, hey, let's really take this thing across the country. Love it. Love it. So what has been the biggest challenge? So you come from Banker's Life, you're established, right? And now you're coming into yeah. a no-name company that doesn't have any brand awareness right. or anything like that. That's where a lot of our entrepreneurs are, right? So they have no brand awareness. They're starting fresh. What did you do to start generating business? I'm sure you brought some business over with you probably from Banker's Life, but what did you do to really attack to spread the brand of Present Financial? You know, um, just just to add a little detail, we have we have a we have a non or had a non compete with Bankers Life, which in California they don't apply. But out of respect for the company for what they did for me, I really I didn't bring any business over. Wow. And um, one thing that I did observe before I made the shift and, and move over is Bankers Life and many of the larger insurance carriers, great companies, but they're being led and still marketing the way we used to prior to the new era. And when I say the new era, specifically the last 10 years, everything that we are involved in today technologically didn't exist just 10 years ago. Hmm. But most of these companies are still operating as if these tools and platforms don't exist. So for me, it was a matter of saying, hey, I'm either going to, I mean, I don't want to say it negatively, but I'm either going to end up dying with this company that, in my opinion, was already starting to die in their strategy, or I'm going to get uncomfortable and lead the initiative of how the industry 
needs to start marketing. Oh, that's powerful. And uh, we're starting to see we're starting to see a big shift. I mean, the average age of an advisor in financial services is 55 years old. In my opinion, that's very young. But as far as technologically advanced, no, uh, 55 year olds in general, they're not engraved in in web design, social media, and connecting the way we all do today. So you're basically taking the strategy. One, I love the statement that you made is that you had to get uncomfortable or you're going to die. And that's the truth, man, is if you're not uncomfortable, you're not truly living, baby. So I love that. I love that statement. But here's the, I guess what I want to touch on is you're saying you started marketing in a new way, which is what you're hinting at is using social media and the technology that's available now to grow present financial. Can you give us some details of like how you've gone about growing your social media and let's talk about like the platforms that you like to use the best and are you getting leads from it? But, you know, how did you go about that process? Sure. Well, let me share with you in general, most um, of the old school leaders or executives that are building the business and their brand, they're unfortunately, I believe, a little bit intimidated or threatened by competitors in the same industry and same segment. And one thing that I wanted to do as an executive and as a leader is instead of being threatened and push back the competitors was I felt that if we came closer and started to work together and share ideas, not internally, but industry wide, then we could start to strengthen our relevance in the industry as leaders and as brand uh, creators or, or developers. So one thing that I wanted to do was, which has helped, it's not only social media, but Using these platforms, I immediately, when I left bankers and joined as an executive with present was I reached out to all of the executives of, uh, these large billion dollar carriers. One is as a broker, we contract with 120 of them. So they see value in present and that relationship was easy to build. But second, all the, the larger carriers that are considered captive where they only offer their own product. I still initiated relationships with them and, and sort of brought them into my circle and said, hey, I think that we can all make an impact if we start to work together instead of trying to conceptualize small on what we could do internally within our companies. And that's really what I think was new to the industry, that people were like, wow, we got we finally have someone that's not threatened by someone else's success. Wow, that's actually um, it's so funny because when you usually get into business, you usually don't talk to the competition at all. You literally have almost like a battle against them. You're doing the complete mm-hmm. opposite, which is you're almost Correct. you're embracing the competition and saying, hey, look, yes, we compete. But if we Correct. join together as forces, we actually are spreading the relevancy of why someone needs an insurance agent, why someone needs a real estate agent versus going at each other, more speaking to each other and helping us spread the word. I love that. We hope you enjoyed this best of episode of Stay Paid. If you liked any of the clips you heard, make sure to check out and download the full episodes to hear everything these amazing guests had to say. While you're at it, make sure to give us five stars and a comment on what you think about Stay Paid. It really helps us out and allows us to bring in even more guests in order to help you perform and excel in your business. And last but not least, remember, the only difference between a top producer and a mediocre one is that top producers take action. So make sure you take action on what you heard today, and thank you for listening. 